This week, the number one show on Netflix Canada was Firefly Lane. Hey, Justin. Yes, Dave. Why are people watching this? I don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Here's the synopsis. So Firefly Lane, episode one. Tully and Kate support each other through good times and bad with an unbreakable bond that carries them from their teens to their 40s. In episode one, Kate experiences the full force of nature that is Tully when they meet as teenagers, on the job as first-time journalists and over a PTA crush. Mm. So, Justin. Yeah. (laughs) Why is this number one right now? What are your initial thoughts on this? Well, we only... we only watched the first episode because that's normal, it's right? True. That's the way this works. Uh, what are my thoughts? Why is this number one? I, it's again, I'm not 100% sure other than it's a new release and people are super interested. It has a couple big names attached. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are, there's an appetite for kind of light, fluffy, soap opera type things and two and strong female leads. Yeah. So it's got like a Bridgerton kind of audience that you're looking for. I think so. I think so. And it's uh and it's got and it's got that Catherine Hagel kind of mystique, like it's her big comeback. Is it gonna be good? People wanna know. People wanna know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my initial thoughts are I, I I didn't I didn't love it, let's just say. <laughs> like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't my shtick. And essentially I think of it like this. I think of it as Gilmore girls, mm-hmm. but then at half speed right yeah that's been smacked with a stick of forrest gump so it's mostly just (laughs) forrest gump meets gilmore girls slowed down a lot that's how i think of it well there's a lot there to unpackage so (laughs) let's just move right into what are your likes let's just get those out of the way first what are your likes about this what do you like about it all right i'll look at my list uh likes okay first of all the actors these are big famous actors doing good things like i actually thought katherine heigl i know i know she gets a lot of flack i don't i don't know why we can get into that later the whole katherine because i've done some i've done some digging on that Uh, yeah so but i thought in this part she did a great job because if like it's a difficult part to play because she's supposed to play someone who's really charming that everyone loves Mm -hmm. that has an intimate bond with her friend but also does abhorrent things that are terrible and then we still are supposed to like her which for an actor is hard. It's hard to come off as off-putting and lovable at the same time. I thought she did a good job with that. So I was happy. Uh, And Sarah Chalk, who I love from everything, because she's very funny, she brought the right energy to the role as written and was perfectly charming. So those are the things I liked. Um, I mean, it it looked good. It's a good-looking thing, and it's, it's the playful kind of going back in time. And and all the uh, you know the decor and stuff from like the the eighties and the hair and all that stuff and the that sort of thing that's that's kind of fun. It's fun to kind of you know reminisce about the the good old days. Yeah, is it though? <laughs> I mean, because we well, I'll just save that for the dislikes part. Well, it anyway. sounds it sounds like yeah. So you you like the actors and that and that's you know this is uh there's there's some good acting in in this maybe mm. I'm not sure. I don't, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it is, like, we all know what we're getting, right? Because, like, it's supposed to be about this complicated friendship, and there's supposed to be all these dramatic ups and downs. So it more or less is what it said it was going to be. Um, and so at least you, it it succeeded in giving you that. Yeah. So in that sense, it's, it's a success. <laughs> 
and well, people that, liked it because of like it was that. Well, it's based on a book again, so I gotta I gotta hearken to this book. So this book was quite popular apparently. Okay. So so people read the book, and then of course the series comes out. And you want to see the series, so and it's it's got so it's got that going for it already. Maybe there was already a built-in audience, right? And, and they're excited about that. So. Maybe, you're right. Okay, so that's how it got to number one on Netflix. Number one, right? Of every, this is the thing with this question of, how, of like, why are people watching this? There's so much out there. Yeah. And this is the number one thing above everything else that the world, well, Canada, wanted. <laughs> why? Why? Why this moment? Why now? Why this show? I don't have a good answer for that. Other than maybe there's a huge audience already and it came out and they all watched it. Maybe that's it. And there's, again big names attached and they wanted to see what happened yeah it's I, possible so that's how we got here well it sounds like we're getting very close to going into <laughs> dislikes sure five seconds into this i was like oh man this has two things that i hate child endangerment mm -hmm. i hate that because as a father like this freaks me out yeah and um the 60s <laughs> i really hate the aesthetic of the late 60s and it had both of those things in the first scene followed well, almost immediately by flashbacks to some sort of a sexual assault i'm assuming we never got that far in the series so we don't know what that was for all things that i was immediately uncomfortable with and very stereotypical scenes of the 60s right the, oh, the, yeah. the vw bus bunch of hippies rolling out it's stoners and then immediately immediately Five minutes after she takes her daughter, they go to a protest <laughs> rally that somehow has just erupted in the in the town. So it's that to me that's painful writing, in my opinion. Like d it would make you think that every human being on planet Earth in the 1960s was driving a VW bus. I think they only made like a thousand, and yet somehow every television portrayal <laughs> is a Volkswagen bus going to a protest. Nonsense. Yeah, I didn't like that. Anyway, okay, so that bugged me. Anything bug you before I go oh. through my list? Well, I, I have to admit, like, I went into this completely blind. I didn't do any research before. I just mm -hmm. turned it on, sat down, started watching. I didn't know anything about this. And I was completely baffled for about the first five minutes as to what the hell was going on because they jumped around in time mm -hmm. with, and, and the characters, of course, changed actresses s several times. Mm -hmm. So at one point it's Catherine Hagel and modern day, and then bam, it's back. She's like a little girl at her grandmother's, and then... The Kate character gets introduced in there somewhere, and for a minute I thought, I, I confused the two younger girls, and I was like, what is going on? Yep. Like, now her mother is like, and who's this? Because her brother appears in the scene, Kate's brother, and I'm like, did, did the other girl get a brother? And I didn't know what was going on, so I found it a little disorienting at first, like the, the time jumping. Yeah, that was at the top of my list, actually, for dislikes, was I didn't, the first five minutes I was totally lost, same as you, and like, mm. look... We're not we're not full idiots. We're partial idiots. Like we we should be able to understand a, a, a show. But like I was like, nope, I don't get it. I don't. I wasn't sure. I, I pieced it together afterwards. But in the moment, I was just disoriented. Here's a question: Did you feel like the time jumping helped, or the time jumping was a hindrance? I felt like I was just kind of getting emotionally involved with what was happening, and then they would jump yeah. to a whole different time scene different characters and different actors and i'd be like okay what's happening here and i'd have to get reinvested and then it would jump again yeah i i, I the same thing for me i was like I, it didn't it wasn't like there was a thread that was connecting the different timelines together it was just sort of a hard jump to a different scene in a different time and it it didn't 
move either narrative forward together. And I think I read some of the reviews from other people about this, and that was one of their main complaints. It's just like there are these just random time jumps that came out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, inelegantly stitched in. Which I read also that the book wasn't this way. The book was more, you know, it would follow one timeline for quite a while, more linear. And this seems like a real kind of like cheap throw into like the This Is Us I yeah. don't know if you've seen that show, yeah, I know but it's about like it. where they just, it's just that timeline jumping all, all the time just to kind of disorient you into like realizing the writing isn't as good as it could be. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting old, but I don't like to be disoriented anymore. I like, I'm just, I want things spoon fed to me. <laughs> I, I have just... difficulty following the narrative of my own life, let alone <laughs> like a complex narrative with, with multi-generational characters. Yeah. It's so. like. I can't. I don't even want to go to a family reunion because I'm already confused as to who everyone is. I'm certainly not going to follow this thing through th- changes in time. Anyway, uh, something that bothered me: um, the glasses, the glasses on the young teenage version of the Sarah Chalk character. Mm-hmm. What was Kate? Yeah, um, were so large as to be like novelty clown glasses. And I, you know, I was there. I was there in the 70s. I was there in the 80s. And I know... You some, didn't have novelty clown glasses I don't in remember, grade six? No? I don't remember anyone wearing anything that large. It was one inch too large. And it, it also did the, the tropish thing of like, hey, how do we make this girl the awkward one? Yeah. We put the glasses on her. The end. That was it. Yeah. Take those glasses off and she just, they're both they're the same. There was just a lot of low-hanging fruit. It's like, here's the cool girl, here's the uncool girl. And, yeah, and just those stereotypes. And she's got the goofy glasses, and she's really smart in school. Yeah. And, and the other girl's smoke. You know, it's... It, it was, and, then, and then you introduce this kind of... And I know it's it's about these two women, and, and the men in all this are really just cut-out cardboard side characters, right? Like, you've got the lecherous, like middle-aged guy at the bar who's hitting on tully like in one episode he's like well you know why don't you take a chance baby or whatever and and then she goes after the young hot guy in the motorcycle jacket who's like hanging out in a hotel bar for some reason and then there's the you know the swarthy australian um which we find out later is kate's husband who Uh it's surprise surprise is like either sleeping with Tully or wants to sleep with her. Yeah. He's kind of just like a cardboard cutout of they, a dude, you know? It's like those um, Danielle Steele books in the bookstore store with the like half-naked guy yeah. holding a woman. It's like those kinds of guys. Yeah, which is fine. I don't, I mean, I don't care, but I'm not going to get invested in any of these people because they're just... They're two-dimensional. They're very two-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. The unfortunately, the gross guy, the lecherous gross guy at the bar, Yeah, he was the most physically the most recognizable to me i'm like oh yeah that seems like a dude <laughs> who i run with in social circles until he talked of course he was a total a-hole but yeah. but i'm like but of course he was the joke disgusting guy i'm like <laughs> yeah. come on i'm like i don't see myself in any of these characters not the hot australian guy not the young leather jacket guy i was the guy at the bar damn it um well, do you have anything else that's really burning your uh uh, and other than the, like, I I wasn't it wasn't a hundred percent clear to me why everyone is fawning over um, Tully and not Kate. This is the it's the tropish kind of thing of like, well, she's nerdy, therefore no one notices her. Like, come on. I think most people relate to the Kate character would relate to the Kate character, and people want to see the Kate character succeed, and they relate to her because the Tully character is unrelatable. She's just she's like extreme you know it's that whole classic thing is wealth and power yeah 
leaves you empty and devoid of happiness. Whereas, you know, if you're just normal and you're just trying your best, you know, trying to have a family and stuff, then you can maybe get some happiness in life. Because really, the Tully character, she's just very empty and sad most of the time. Yeah. And and grasping and using very, like, obviously using the Kate character to, like, fill her fill her life up which is yeah weird i mean we're one step episode in so maybe it gets a lot more subtle i'm sure but to yeah. me i'm like i felt like the tully kate relationship was authentic they really did like each other mm-hmm. deeply right mm-hmm. and yet tully will go out and sort of like blindly like like date all their or steal all these men away from kate yeah. as if she didn't know what she was doing which would betray that sort of deep relationship i'm like well that doesn't seem right it doesn't seem like she would actually do that based on her relationship not being shallow like it didn't that didn't ring very true to me in it my didn't. vast knowledge of <laughs> but i i think it, there must ring true to somebody because i think it's like this is maybe this happens i don't know i don't i don't know i think it happens in the 80s yeah i think it happened in the 80s anyway so questions all right i have a few okay <laughs> What is the significance of that horse? I feel like the horse was super prominent. Does it come back later? You know what I mean? Like, I completely forgot there was a horse. I just, Why is there a horse? Like, well, and where's the barn? Like, there was just, you know, the, the, she, I saw her feed it some carrots, but who's taking care of this yeah, horse? Yeah, who has a horse in their yard? They lived in the suburbs, and there's just a horse. <laughs> and I felt like it was a metaphor for something. Yeah, it was not. This wasn't like the countryside. This nope. seemed like it's like on the lane. It's like Firefly Lane, you know? Yeah, they live in the city. Didn't they live in the middle of Seattle with a horse? Nonsense. I, I, that was my main question. That's a good point because I never gave the horse a second thought. And, you know, I just breezed over the horse. It's like, oh, well, there's a horse in her front just yard, exce- apparently. They fooled like, you. I mean, like, what is an average lot size in this suburb? You know, like maybe maybe a quarter of an acre. Like, that's yeah. not a lot of room for a horse and a barn. No. And like, where you keep your tack? You know, where's your, <laughs> where's where's your like? You know, how many bales of hay is required to feed a horse for a year? Yeah, I mean, where are they keeping the hay? If it's not grazing on your lawn, does the horse get out? Like, I'm sure the neighbors she ride are, it to school. Yeah, I mean that. You would think that would give her a bit of cachet, you know? Like, oh, that's jeez, that's she's Kate. the one. She's the one with so a, rich. They got a horse in their garden. She's got a goddamn horse. Yeah, like you know, that's, that's horse girl. That's no, horse. yeah, like did she have riding lessons? Is she like taking it to dressage on the weekends? Like, where's the horse trailer? I don't I know. I want the horse's story. I can only assume in the other episodes <laughs> they get into this horse. I hope because that is the story I want told. Okay, so that was my question. You have a question, Dave. So, as a as a biologist, do you know which of these characters actually studied aquatic biology? The actor in real life. What? I dug deep. One of them is an, a a biologist, an aquatic biologist. Really? I, I'm gonna guess Sarah Chalk. No, the uh, the uh, the hot guy at the bar in the leather jacket. That guy. You know yeah. why he's not a biologist anymore? Too attractive. He was too attractive. Yeah. And they said, you know what? Yeah, John Michael, because he's got a hyphenated a first name, of BS course. name. That's his porn like, name. <laughs> John Michael, you are too attractive to be in the yeah. lab here. Can't do science. Yeah, you, my friend, need to go try modeling. Anyway. The guy, the other guy at the bar, however, the gross, lecherous one, yeah. he could have been a statistician, I'm pretty sure. He was probably in some accounting, like low-level accounting firm, like with like three or four partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... 
Do you know the whole Catherine Heigl? This maybe this is a good time to get into the Catherine Heigl. Yeah, go thing. ahead and tell me your Catherine Heigl story. I, this is what I think I know. I know that I've heard or I read somewhere that she's difficult to work with on set. Okay, let That's me just lay some groundwork. When okay. I told my wife, who's a huge Grey's Anatomy fan, watch like Grey's Anatomy's in like seventeen seasons or something. And she was on ridiculous. That. She was on. She was on it for the first, I don't know, five or six seasons. I'm okay. not sure. Um, and my wife said, oh, don't watch that. Catherine Hagel's a What? I'm like, wow, that's really... And my wife usually doesn't, you know, lash out like that. But that's I was a... like, this came from a deep place. So I had to find out where this all comes from. Wow. For, yeah, considering it's a complete stranger, how does she come to this conclusion? Well, so what I... I didn't do too much digging on this, but essentially the idea was Catherine Hagel got... Uh, she got nominated for an Emmy Award one year for... Um, for Grey's Anatomy, and then the next year she was up for nomination again, or I guess you have to submit your name for nomination or something, and she said that the writing that year wasn't good enough for her to submit her. So Shonda Rhimes, who writes the show, produces the show, took offense to that, and apparently then, you know, people started coming out in the show and saying she was difficult to work with. But to be fair, that particular year, I believe, she had gone from making like $300,000 for this movie she was in with Seth Rogen to making like $4 million in like another romantic comedy within the same year. Like yeah. she just, her star was skyrocketed. Just like yeah. Skyrocketing. So there could have been some of that. However, I think she basically just asked for what she wanted and put her foot down and, and spoke out. And it sounds like, like nowadays in the kind of post Me Too world, that would be just like, you know, well, that's just a woman standing up for herself. But back then was like, you know. Right. Well, this is what this is what I think. Like, what lens are we going to look? This, well, how are we looking at this information? Like, who set, who labeled her as such? You well, I mean? it's just like Hollywood loves a scandal, right? So yeah. I think things just kind of get at hand. I don't know. I, I don't get, know. here's the thing though. Like, actors are people too. You yeah. know what I mean? I wonder if like if she were if she were to come in this room right now, which is possible, you know, and just hang out with us. What would we think of her? Is she maybe she's super nice? Maybe she's not very nice. The, our opinion would be completely different, and it's it's really unfair, I think, to have any opinion about a human being that you don't know. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So exactly. like I so like I have a hard time because like if you have your name out there, the world is going to judge you based on something, and you're never really going to have a chance to explain your your real thoughts and feelings and show the world who you really are. Cause it always goes through PR or a website or a news reporter. Yep. So I don't know. That's but, but yes. Okay. I had heard that same thing about her, but she is the executive producer on this. Yeah. So this is her baby. So her career took a bit of a pancake nosedive after that. Yeah. You know, that her, she had a couple of dud films and bad TV shows. And so this is a bit of a comeback for her, I think. And she's executive producing yeah. it. So, We'll see. That's yeah. good. Unless evidence comes out that she like kicks dogs or like <laughs> like you know what I mean or does like Kevin Spacey style nonsense. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. Yeah. You please come over for tea, Catherine. We will have a nice game of backgammon and it'll be fun. Um anyway, so that was good. And also oh speaking of questions. The de-aging thing, right? Because they mm-hmm. when they when they did the eighties like office stuff, like they de-aged everyone and like Vaseline to the cameras, which yeah. I thought looked fine, yeah, con- convincing. Um, but is this is this the world we're in now? Like, I I wonder if I like this because everything is meaningless at this point. 
Because everyone on screen is or is not the person you think they are. It was already like that before, you know, with lighting yeah. and makeup. And, but now with CGI involved, I'm like, as far as I know, Sarah Chalk is dead. And, you know what I mean? And we'd have no way of knowing if the actor is alive anymore. Right? Like That's true. Like yeah. Princess Leia or, or what's his name? Um, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin or whatever came back. He had a whole scene. That guy's not alive. But yet he was acting and we were into it. It seems like just a small blip away from you somebody going wait a second we don't have to hire these people at all we just you know we've got a couple photos of them we'll right. kind of deep fake their face onto this earl well, the, the the guy who takes the garbage out or whatever as far yeah sarah chalk might have signed a contract back in the 90s to be on scrubs and it had a clause in it about her likeness and now forevermore she's just going to be in movies even though she's not alive <laughs> That could have ha- that could be happening, and it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> with the world we live in. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they went a little over. It's it's almost it almost looks like they're made out of plasticine in a couple of scenes because of of how much like mm. of like their faces are like completely flawless. Flawless, exactly. So it's it's a little unnerving, but it's also cool, I guess, because if they had introduced two other actors into what this timeline. I would be so confused, you know, I wouldn't be able to follow it. I'd be like, okay, what's happening? Because I think, so right right now, the current Tully-Kate relationship is happening like 2003. And I I read ahead, and I guess in a future one, they jump ahead even. Mm. So they jump ahead in time, and they jump. So there's actually a future jump. They age them up at that point? uh, Well, it's not that. It's only aged like or up like three or four years. Okay. just to develop some kind of plot point. I just like my conclusion is it's cool. I think it's neat. I, it's better than recasting them as actors who are different actors. I think is weird unless mm. you're going really, really far back. Um, yeah. And it's just the world we live in now. And I, great as far as filmmaking goes, makes sense. But like, I just I'm tired. I don't know what's true anymore. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you're if you're there yet, but maybe we need to let you off the leash a little with some okay. with some rails and some rants. All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> we're one episode I'm settled in I'm waiting Set, grab your popcorn we're one episode in and the Kate character has been betrayed by her best friend in it's like so many times oh totally that it is heart wrenching mm-hmm. and I know we're just getting started like we're just winding up like we find out that like she's, she's sleeping with her ex-husband mm-hmm. right she's stealing the PTA guy who was into her at the dance Right. yeah that's the, and it's and it's flashing back and and you're like i'm i feel so you're supposed to feel bad for her because she's supposed to be the mousy sad one with the glasses and and yet i'm like you know what i can't i can't handle this this is just too mean life is short dave yeah these people are not young we're not young we're getting older i, I can't fill it with this much betrayal and sadness i want to watch something funnier yeah i don't know i i felt that too and i felt like why are they just beating this poor character like the the tully i I get it's kind of to set the context right it's like tully you know she really wants to be a good person but you know she just she just can't help betray help it yeah she's damaged she's damaged so she just keeps betraying her friend you know but her friend just keeps hanging in there and just you know let's go climb up again and you know it's too toxic it was too much i couldn't i couldn't i can't watch this anymore because i'm like it's only gonna get worse can i just just in that same rant, you were talking about the guy at the PTA meeting, yeah. who's cast as the nice guy. You know, he's up to Kate. He's like, you know, he's really he's asking about her and her daughter, and then he immediately, 
like just completely falls for her friend and is dancing with her friend. It's I, like, and, and I assume he's going to be cast in later on. He'll come back in as the nice guy or whatever. But it's like, this guy's a bit of a dirtbag. Oh, he's an evil human being. Because, like, it didn't even make any sense. Because, like, first of all, Kate shows up in that dress. I'll talk about that later. Uh, looking, like, spectacular, right? That yeah. was the premise of this thing. And, and Tully is dressed down. And yet, because of her fame, like, this guy's drawn to her. Nothing more. He doesn't know anything about her. Yeah. It is, he's a he- evil person. Yeah, well, it's like, well, really, this guy's already shown his colors in episode one. He's that shallow that your friend, just the mere appearance of her is enough to just make him throw all his like yeah. morals out the window. And, and his and his apparent like desire for Kate is just like, well, just shelve that because now her hot friend is here. And it's <laughs> yeah, it, I couldn't. It was it was too much. That's my number one rate rant. Um, and her self-destructive, like, appetite for men, it just seemed, like I was saying before, impossible. Like, she's supposed to have a bond with Tully, and yet she's, again, stealing the man out from under him. And not even noticing her, yeah. which seems totally wrong. <sighs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Dave, like, these people are in our age demographic, which was hard for me to wrap my head around. Because I think at some point later on in other episodes, they're talking about menopause and stuff. Yeah. Right? And, like, they, her daughter is, like around my daughter's age and they're like oh she's going on the pill and i'm like i'm like is this who i am now am i a 40 something are these my problems am i watching my problems on screen because i feel like i feel like a 20 year old and yet like i'm closer to dealing with like signing consent forms for pill the pill and and menopause than i am uh uh, the things that the teenagers are going through and yeah i feel like i should be the teen this feels like old people stuff yeah and i don't want to watch old people stuff but guess what this is where we are this is who we are. Yeah. I am them. Yep. And the fact that they're appealing to your nostalgia for like the 80s and the good old days and, yeah. you know, back, you know, that's that's where we are. I just have a quick message to anyone who's uh, under the age of 30. Like, the 80s weren't that great. I'm <laughs> like, the way the 70s and 80s are portrayed in this movie um, makes you think like it was cool stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't. This no. is all, this is wrong. We were there. Dave, it sucked a little it was, bit. It was a time that was yearning to be a different time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was just waiting to get to here. Really, all we wanted in the 80s was like jetpacks and like flying cars and stuff. I remember in the 80s feeling torn between everybody wishing it was still the 60s and then hoping that we get flying cars and jetpacks. Yeah. Like if we could just get away from right where we are right now, that yeah. would be great. And now here we are. And you know what we're doing? We're watching television about back then. It's true. And, and de-aging ourselves to look like we used to look in the 80s. I feel like this is a full circle nonsense and I don't want to be here. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm done yelling about things. Do you have a worse scene award? <sighs> I do, and it's the, it's that scene which was the iconic scene because it was on the, it was on the Netflix preview mm-hmm. of the the dress. Yeah. So so Tully shows up and she's wearing a fancy dress, and there's Kate in her black little black dress or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and she's like, oh, I look frumpy, and they decide to change dresses so she doesn't look frumpy when she goes to the PTA dance or whatever. I have problems with this. One, that black dress looked fine. She looked fine. The silver dress did not look better. It looked like a, a sad, like, bridesmaid dress. I was not into that dress. Second of all, and this is the main thing, those two 
women are not the same size. <laughs> and like, you can't just swap dresses and have everything work out. You need a tailor to help take things in. If I were to say, Dave, can we just quickly change clothes right now and then go upstairs and see if anyone notices? Everyone will notice. Like, we, we're similar in size, but like, no, man, my pants are not going to fit you. We would look stupid. <laughs> and I'm certainly not going to go to a PTA dance wearing your clothes. That's crazy. Anyway, so the whole scene was just impossible. That's not how clothing works. That's, that, is, that was the dumbest scene, in my opinion. Did, did you have a Well, this is a minor scene, but this mm-hmm. always burns me in these movies. Like, that they're throwback to, like, you know, where there's these time jumps. So, young Tully meets this kind of creepy guy who's like hanging out in an alley with his other dudes and basically comes up and, uh, you know, accosts the two of them. And then Tully's like, hey, this is my kind of guy. He invites her to a party, pulls up and like, this is like, we're assuming this is like, you know, the early 70s, maybe, whatever. He pulls up in like like a 69, like Camaro, just beautiful brand new car. Uh He's like maybe in high school, I'm guessing. He's going to a high school party. That'd be like like me in high school, like just buying a brand new car, like uh, like somebody right now, like your daughter going out and buying like a 2021, you know. Yeah, you know what it's like. It's like having a horse in your garden. <laughs> it's just it's just. But this but this happens in all these movies. Is the guy he pulls up in a car because people are like hey the 60s, you know Mustang, and then people know like yeah. five cars. And I mean yeah. this is like from a dude's perspective. Obviously, I noticed the car. You noticed a horse. I don't know. I'm not a very good dude. Yeah, forget the emotional part. I noticed this 69. <laughs> Let's talk about the one thing I have yeah. emotional investment in. But I just I just like oh, and then she gets in the car and <laughs> he peels off, right? and it's like a beautiful brand new car. And I'm like, there's no way like and the guy's dad doesn't own that car that guy's dad owns, owns like a conservative kind of four-door <laughs> sensible sedan right and it maybe is like seven years old yeah. or something right it would be like a, a kid showing up to pick up my daughter for a date driving like a tesla yeah and i just <laughs> pick one of these up <laughs> i guess it doesn't make that sound anymore it goes mm. <laughs> and just kind of hums up, it your hums driveway. up the driveway you hums didn't even hear him pull in he's like here and gone and you're like what happened yeah i again again it was not like that in the 70s and 80s, everybody. We were driving crappy, beat-up Volvos. Yeah, no, I had a, I had an 84 uh, Chevette. That was my first car. It cost me $600, and I would never pull up in front of a girl's house in that. No, or I had, a, I had my mom's Ford Taurus. That's what I picked up all my dates in. <laughs> well, that's just a minor thing, I guess. So do you, uh, do you have any trivia? I, there's not a lot of trivia on this. Based on a book, you already said that. Catherine Heigl is executive producer. I couldn't find trivia. Other than that, it um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets like a 46% from the critics, but a 73% from the audience. So people, again, like this a lot more than the critics did. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. That shows get like just trashed by the critics, and people yeah. are like, oh, that was good for me. I think that just just shows how desperate we are for anything to just fill our void with. Oh, yeah. And is you know what? Maybe that's how this got to number one. We, as middle-aged people, have bigger voids than your average person. And oh, we yeah. are drawn to the things that are nostalgic and that represent our lives. So we filled our vo- collective voids with this show. And it's simple to watch. You know, I get it. I get it. It's like, it's like okay, it's very clear. To hear, you know, this is a friendship. It's a coming-of-age story. There's all the good kind of mushy things that are really kind of wonder years meshed in there <laughs> with some... Like, you know, Gilmore Girls, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's just them. like, it's easy, it's easy going. It's like, nobody's going to challenge me here. 
you know, I can very clearly see who the enemy is here and who mm. the good good guy is. So, yep. yeah, uh, one of the actors is from Canada. Are you? Do you know oh, I'm gonna guess one of the not one of the main ones. It's not the Australian guy. It is one of the main ones. Mm -hmm. Is it Sarah Chalk? Sarah Chalk. Of course, of course, because she's nice and I had sympathy for her. Exactly. She's Canadian. She's from Ottawa. Oh, fantastic. Good job. I like her. She's funny. She's great. And she's Canadian. There you go. So, does this deserve to be number one, Justin? I, you know, I'm inclined to say no, but I'm going to say yes. Because we collective middle-aged Netflix watchers need our void filled. And it it's fine. For at least a day. One day of number one, because it's not there anymore. No. Yeah, see, that's the other thing, is when we say number one, it was maybe number one for like 25 minutes. So that 25 minutes we looked. Yeah. We're like, oh, we got to watch this now? And yeah. then now it's number 20. So public service announcement to those of you listening is these these shows may only be number one for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but they were at one point. But they were at one point. So that's the main thing. Yeah. I would keep watching this. Would you keep watching this? you would okay back up you would keep watching are you gonna go home and put on more episodes of this if there was nothing else to do and <laughs> i was washing the dishes i'm kind of compelled to find out how on earth she's still friends with and they can still justify her being friends with the woman who's sleeping with her husband wow i'm i'm amazed that you keep watching it that's masochistic man i i cannot watch anything else happen to kate <laughs> I'm too sad for this betrayal, and I don't want to watch 10 more episodes of her being betrayed by her best friend. I can't. It's too much. Kate? Poor Kate. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's that's that there's a part of me that like wants to see a train wreck, and I'm just like, I got to see like what is going to happen here. Fine. I understand. Well, Dave, let me know how it ends. I hope Kate gets her comeuppance. I'll probably just fast forward to the last season, yeah. last episode. And I hope Tully gets redemption and finds love. That's what I hope. Yeah, then then the whole premise would be dead, and we'd, there'd not be a second season, so... Yeah, and I hope someone explains, what the f*** is the deal with the horse? <laughs> Please explain how the horse got there. That poor horse. I hope he gets a timeline. And he, I noticed that in the <laughs> 80s, no one's talking about the horse, so I'm guessing he's long gone by Glue. now. Glue. Anyway, that's it for uh, this episode, so uh, tune in and watch... Whatever is number one. Firefly Lane. Oh, yeah. Tune in and watch this. If you like to watch good people be hurt, <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>